Welcome to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So listen and subscribe to That's What I'm Saying. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Pandora. Also, watch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TwizPod. So I'm Sean. And I'm Shatara. So hey, Shatara, what do we call in this episode? Ooh, this episode is called OG Kush Diet. I'm on that OG Kush Diet. Well, (laughs) your man, your man, Titty Boy, a.k.a. 2 Chains, about to get sued by Pablo Escobar's family. So I don't know if you heard this one. But the family of the late drug lord, Pablo Escobar, is reportedly suing rapper 2 Chains for millions of dollars over the name of his restaurant, which is based in Atlanta. So they are claiming that Escobar Restaurant and Tapas is in violation of federal law because they are using his name and likeness without any authorization. So they're asking Titty Boy to cough up $10 million. So, look... I was just, so, you know, I was just in Atlanta this past weekend and I went to the Escobar, the the restaurant mm-hmm. where I waited 45 minutes for a turkey burger, but we ain't even going to talk about that. But what I did notice is, um, there was the, the, um, like the health official, like, first of all, I thought she was a little girl. Cause okay. For, so let me just, let me step back. I went to Atlanta and you know, obviously they, they just like. Uh, fuck a quarantine. Nobody is in quarantine. So one o'clock on a Monday, um, the bar is packed. The hookah is the hookah is hookahing, and people is in there drinking and just no mask, no mask, no mask. So um, yeah, my turkey burger took forty five minutes because they had a health inspector in the kitchen. So I guess she was you know it was slowing everything down. So long story short, I got my food for free. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is. There's a lot of Pablo Escobar up on the walls. And at first I was like, well, maybe, he, you know, maybe he got an in. I don't know. Like maybe he has some sort of trademark or licensing or something. You know, the lawyer. Right. I mean, I'm like, right. well, I mean, surely you have something that's that makes this OK. But evidently, Titty Boy don't. Listen, see now when you when you told me about going, I'm like, hold on, and and it's on the walls. I just think of uh, do the right thing when Spike Lee was like, hey Sal, why you don't got no black people on this wall? And then Sal was like, you get your own restaurant, you put whoever you want on the wall, right? I'm thinking now you got your own restaurant, and you know what do you end up having to do? Give how much money to this Escobar family who already, you know, don't get me wrong, I know hip hop music, you know, hell. Even, uh, you know, Nas Escobar, like, you know, Escobar season, you know, hip hop, you know, um, loves the mobsters, the stories, you know, it's a big fantasy with, you know, we love it. I get it. However, you know, when you finally, you know, get to that certain point and, you know, 2 Chains, his hip hop music makes me laugh. He always has some Mm -hmm. funny stuff. He's saying some funny stuff. But outside of that, you know, to get get to that point, I listen, of all of all place of all I don't know what I say people to name your restaurant after or to even have to give money back to you mean to tell me that like you didn't think you could have had like a little bar called like Malcolm X's like I would have liked a little Malcolm X martini <laughs> I would have came for a little Malcolm X martini you get what I'm like I'm just saying you know you putting money right back into the hands of the Latino a little Marcus Garvey's listen Marcus Garvey's. can I get a martini <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't no, no, because I only hey, agree with you. I think, I mean, keep it real though. Like the, of all, of all people to have to give that money back to, you get what I'm saying? Like, I hate to tell you, but like the, the Latino Escobars, they're not down. They're not down for the black fight. So no, you're no. right. You're so right. I, you're I, right. No, I'm not feeling that. No. So fun, some little fun facts. I don't know if you call them fun, but you, you know, Pablo Escobar, of course, you know, there's this, there's this fascination in hip hop with yeah, this, yeah. A Colombian drug dealer. So supposedly Escobar was worth $4 billion at the height of his success. That's crazy. One. And then two, he was one of the most wanted criminals for his alleged involvement in over 4,000 deaths yes. while he was running his little drug ring in Medellin. I, Medellin. I saw the show on Netflix. I, I was hooked. I watched it. I watched Pablo go through the rainforest with his sweater on. And they just couldn't seem to catch 
his fat ass. Do you see? I'm like, how the fuck he got away? This is a seventh episode. Pablo been in the jungle running. You got to be kidding me. I, why am I still watching this shit? Why? Because it's supposedly true. That's why I'm watching it. Okay. And, and remember how he had money, just money in the ground, and he had a map of where all his money was. Oh, the, the place. Yeah. Oh, and, and what was his? What was his, his um wife's name? Pipi, Pipa, Pita. What was that name? Come on. What was her Taco Bell? No, I'm wrong. Is Tata? No, Tata. What's her name? Tati. Tati. No way. We don't go through all the vowels. I don't. Papa people. I don't. But anyway, he loved his wife, and she was down for the count. Them kids was running through the tunnels, and his mother just didn't play about the money. The moral of the story is that now here we go. I didn't mind giving Netflix my money for the movie, but. Two chains. If you got the money, did you really want to give a couple millions to the Escobar family? You know, like, did you really want to? That's all I'm trying to say. Are, are, are these people going to show up to the Black Lives Matter movement when it really comes to push and shove? So let's go for Malcolm X Martini next time. Okay, how about that? Yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah. Let's 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 put that money somewhere else, sir. But okay. that was so crazy. I was like, I just knew mm. maybe he had an in or something with the family because I'm like, right, all up all over here. Two chains. Listen, Titty boy. come on, titties. Not one, two, three, but two. And you know, he's all about the most expensive. I love his show, by the way. The show. I know you told me about it. <laughs> he cracks me up. He, and he'll tell you, like, so you mean to tell me this bike worth $4,000 with these plain ass wheels? Like, yeah. Tell him, two chains. This is bullshit. What do so, you call himself? Trapavelli. <laughs> That's Trapavelli for you. He should he should know. He should know about the bullshit. But hey, you know, all right. So he made he made the restaurant. He got it going on. Speaking of ratchetness in the restaurant business, I don't know if you saw your homeboy Ja Ru is trending on Twitter after appearing in a gyro food spot commercial. All right. When I tell you it is it is all the news and it is um Papa Christo's Greek Deli, and he looks like he's in a damn Crazy Eddie commercial. Remember Crazy Eddie? Crazy Eddie. I remember. Hey, that's exactly, he's, that's exactly the vibe. That's it, exactly it, looks, it looks real low budget. Shit, I could, look, I know you've Wait, seen. He stay, I saw it. He's standing on a pita on a, on a, uh, on a screen behind him. Like, like, it's not, it, it was like he went to, um, it was like he went to Coney Island 1992 and was like, give me the best technology you have. And it just, it looks out of control. And he's over there and he's reading on his cell phone. He's like, they have gyros and tzatziki sauce. And how the fuck you say that? And he's like, I don't know how to say it, but the shit is good. And it's like. The best motherfucking gyros. And they, and he, and he said, and they got wine. And they got wine. So I'm looking like, and gyro looks like an old man boy. All right. He is. He's so cute. He's just so cute. He looks like a little, a little, a little mouse. Don't he look like a little mouse? Real talk though. I don't, if you look, I'm that trying to out. listen. Does he have curls in his hair? I don't know, but he, mm, I don't know what it's Papa. something like he has a hat on, but he's like curls on the side. I don't know. Listen, listen we're in a, we're, we're in a, um, we're in a pandemic. He hasn't had a haircut, but he has been working out. So I will give you that old man, little boy. Um, yeah. and he's doing, he's doing the most he's giving, I'm thinking this is a friend and he's like doing them a favor, but what people, you know, is going to Papa Christos cause Ja Rue said so. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't like Ja Rule said the gyro was good, so I'm going to get some of that. He was serving them Wonder Bread sandwiches and cheese at the Fire Festival. Remember that? Ooh. Remember that? You better stop oh, digging Lord. back. You better stop digging back in them crates. Oh, I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I do remember Mary J. Blige at a Burger King commercial. And I remember that. Remember it was like a, it was a crispy chicken, fresh lettuce, three cheese French, dressing, wrapped in tasty. Flower, tortilla. Do you remember that? And it was like, Mary, are you singing about chicken? What the? <laughs> Wait, you know? they they showed that like so quick. Like if you wasn't on it, because I think she she got so much heat for that. She did. And, and and she said that she thought she was kind of like you know, you know, investing in branding, and you know, she saw it as a good thing. Yeah. And she they said that they were going to set her up to look iconic. You know what I mean? As if it was like share doing. You know how they? But they they shitted on her. She said they oh, like Mary. totally. They shitted on her and how it came out. She felt real bad, but you know, she had a lot of people by her in an interview. She talked about that. But anyway, so um, yeah, that's what uh that's what I, ja I was gonna doing. say for Ja Rule, like I'm thinking, you know, it's a quick buck, it's funny. Oh. I, you know, and then maybe the food is good. I don't know. Maybe I like Greek food. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now look, got got I love Greece. Got him. 
got him. Look, they got you. Look at you. You're like, I might just try a little uh, gyro there. And he goes, he's going to go yum, 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 eating his fingers. You saw that? Yum, 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 yum. That ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. Another one. Another one. Another one. Uh, but but I will say timing is probably not the greatest, Ja Rule. Like, right now is not the time to be talking about no Greek food, no no tzatziki and gyros. No, I just, I, I really, again, I, with the temperature of the world, I really wish they could have, you know, flipped that to work for you and your people. You know what I mean? Like... There's so many other ways you could have flipped that in marketing, but you know we'll go there in the woke minute. Like I said, this is this is a quick book, you know. Like, I mean, quiet as it's kept. I don't know how quiet it's gonna be, but you know, a lot of these celebrities, the shit ain't, you know, it ain't like it used to be. So, you know, we we in a recession. I know a lot of people don't like to like to think of it that way, but we in a whole recession. So you got to come up with creative ways. To keep your name out there, whether it's on a, a taco or a, a gyro. Listen, I listen. I'm not gonna knock him, and let me just. So I will say this though: I did a comedy show this past weekend. I haven't been out in front of people since sure, this all started, mm-hmm. and I got a chance to see the people. It was a driving comedy show. Um, Zoom comedy shows are cool, but nah, I want to get out and see the people. I went. They said, "Bring your mask, bring your gloves." The moral of the story is that the stage was a pickup truck. Okay. So, and, and the truck said, um, Home Depot rent me for $79.99 for the weekend. So, you know, I am not one to put my nose up in the air, you know, for, for understanding, you know, yeah, we got a little recession going on. Times have changed. I get it. Um, but you can still be a little choosy if you're Ja Rule. I'm sure. I'm sure you can be a little choosy. You know, discerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all, you know, I mean, and again, he, for all you know, that was some dudes whose daughter's daughter's friend's son is like, you know, do this for Jay-Z. I mean, not Jay-Z, Ja Rule, because uh, I don't know what the hell I was saying, because uh, <laughs> because uh, um, he bought jewelry from us some years ago. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, that was, that was you know, he performed at a bar mitzvah or something. Oh, who knows? Yeah, you just, it's what, if this is what it's come to, well, then damn it, I'm worried. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, Ja. Yeah, well. What would I do without my baby? <laughs> be right at get, be right at the store getting a gyro. That's what you're going to be doing. <laughs> That's what you're going to be doing, Jaru. <laughs> Acting like crazy damn Eddie over there. Shoot. Mm. Oh, holla, holla. <laughs> okay, I thought you. I thought we weren't making fun of him. I'm, I'm about to invite him over to my house and ask him if we can do a commercial. <laughs> Look, his body was looking right. <laughs> Hello, Jaru, it's me. Yeah, listen, my name is Comedian Chikara. You may have seen me on the back of the pickup truck in Jersey. I was thinking, um, I'm trying to shoot a commercial over here. No, not the bedroom. Um, keep it in the living room. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Now tell me what are your fees? What's your rate? Uh-huh, okay, yeah. You okay? You heard you like <laughs> yeah, no, no, you'll bring a gyro. Okay, uh-huh. You bring the tzatziki sauce? Okay. Okay. All right. No, I will not require you to read off your phone. Off the, mm-hmm, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. And what time? Oh. Okay. And, and what's your rate? Okay. All right. No. 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 You don't have to sing them by Shanti. Uh. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Do I want you to growl? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's how that phone call is gonna go. Okay. See you then. All right. Bye bye now. <laughs> bye bye now. Okay. All right. Uh, what do you want me to say? Oh, holla, holla. Okay. All right now. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Damn Jaru. <laughs> okay. Oh, <Shoot>. God. <laughs> okay. All right now. Okay. Bye-bye now. <laughs> what was his number one hit, by the way? What was it? Holla, holla. It was holla, probably. That, that, and what else? And then whatever he did with Ashanti. <laughs> what what was the one he had with J Lo? Oh, are you Ellie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. See, don't don't sleep on Ja Rule because he he ruled a part of the um the <laughs> early two thousand. Wait a minute, you know how him and um Fifty Cent have beef, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know how Fifty said that he bought. Like all the tickets, <laughs> one of the shows. 
man, he is the number one hater. Oh my oh, god! And the arena was empty, and then you just see Fifty Cent sitting there with Wait, the up. Oh. I think he bought all the Eventbrite tickets. Oh. Oh. oh, that was so fucked up. Oh god. Oh man. Oh, uh, there used to be a cartoon. I think it was like I Spy, and it was like the the black spy and the white spy and they was constantly blowing each other up like <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah they were they were kind of like i want not stick figure right. but like pink panther in that pink panther right show, right oh my god or like they're like the road runner and wildy coyote <laughs> <laughs> yes and that almost like tom and jerry a little bit just a little oh, god. Mm. oh man i love it okay good times the ratchet toe. The ratchet Oh boy. All right. I got more. I'm going to stop. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We got we to go woke. You know, this is, <sighs> this is okay. part of you and us. We have to, you know, we, we, we ratchet it up a little bit, but we have to get, we have to get woke. So. All right. All right. Okay. 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 Serious. All right. All right. Sure. Let me get my glasses. They're on. Are you Ellie? <laughs> I don't know what the, ever since you told me. Mm. Sorry. All right. Okay. Wild E Coyote. That is. <laughs> oh, God. Over here snoring. I didn't got that snoring from you. I used to never snort. Now I'm mm. laughing and snorting. At the, well, maybe you need to leave those drugs alone. Mm-mm. Well, maybe not today, though. <laughs> what, did, what, did, what did Titty Boy say? Every line is dope. You can snort it. <laughs> Every line is dope. You can snort it. All right. All right. Okay. So we are now at the woke minute, y'all. And look. Okay. My glasses Uh, are on. I'm Rex. I'm here. Glasses. Clear throat. Let's go. Okay. So by now the world has heard um, the shots that were fired at Rayshard Brooks. He was killed by police officers in an Atlanta Wendy's parking lot. Um, which just so happened that I was in Atlanta that Saturday, that Friday, the, the weekend when it happened. So Brooks was died in a hospital following surgery um, right before he was set to celebrate his eight-year-old daughter's birthday that following morning. So uh, everyone is still reeling. Just three weeks ago, George Floyd was choked to death, um, which really set off the nationwide Black Lives Matter protests movements against police brutality. There's been anti-racism demonstrations around the world. And now we have this. So um, again, it's been difficult for me to watch a lot of these videos. I I don't know where to place my feelings about watching watching these videos. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I did watch was an interview that Richard Brooks had given just, I think back in February of this year, was a part of a research project about probation, where he said, and I quote, he said, if you do something that's wrong, you pay your debts to society, and that's the bottom line. But it was really an introspective um, documentary um, where he's like wondering, you know, when is it that you're going to stop paying for your wrongs? And this is something that, you know, we we see this a lot, especially with our black men um, who are on parole and probation. It's kind of like this never ending cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, Rayshard Brooks is quoted as saying, he says, there's a hard feeling to stomach, you know, with you going out and you're trying to and you're trying and by you having the so-called record. It's hindering us from going out in public to try and provide for ourselves and getting ourselves back on track. He said, I just feel like some of the system could, you know, look at us as individuals. We do have lives, you know, just a mistake we made, you know, just not just do us as if we are animals. So the documentary and it's I mean, he's he's speaking so much from the heart and, you know, it was hard to watch in light of all that has happened. And at the time he was talking about, you know, he had just lost his car. He was trying to pay his court fines and he has probation fees um, and you know, he was talking about the frustration was building up because it was taking up so much of his time and he wanted to spend time with his kids, but he couldn't really, you know, do that because he had, you know, had to get out there. He had to get, um, you know, make money. Um, he was also talking about when you go and fill out the application for it. Cause he says, you know, he says that question always comes up. Have you ever been convicted of a crime? Have you been arrested? And he says, you know, you're sitting there like, Oh my God, I hope this doesn't hinder me from getting this job. 
And then you finish up the application. You have some employers that come back to you and they say, well, Mr. Brooks, unfortunately, we can't hire you due to the fact that you've been incarcerated or you've been arrested for this and that and that. And he said, it just breaks your heart. So um, he really speaks about, you know, it's the just the it's the sadness and it's like the the trauma of really being trapped in this prison system of re- you know being reentered in society and then there's this probation system that really hinders you from really getting back on your feet um and you know it just really had me thinking it it's it's really hard to understand and i'm watched i watched a video i even watched there was a another angle or someone else who looked like they were in the in the bushes in the parking lot and they were taking the video of the officer who after he shot Rayshard Brooks he kicked him um really really difficult and it's and you know it's just it's it's so hard to see that and it's like to understand why as a police officer why shoot a man who was clearly running away from you Uh and you have the gun um but at the same time it's not hard to understand why he was running in the first place right do you know what I mean yeah and it's just even again the video I could only watch a very small part because I feel like we're starting to watch these uh reoccurring episodes and it's breaking my heart and even just, I mean, we were, I feel like every week we're talking about the new murder and it's, it's mind boggling how it, it's like, um, I don't know. Is it okay? Like, is, is it sitting well with everybody? I'm so confused. When you see, when you see the place, you know, he was pointing like, you know, my sister lives over there, you know, like, yeah, I'm drunk. Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. I just don't understand. Like, why, why was he shot? Like, but why? Like in that, that, and then, you know, oh my God. It's just, oh. And then when you see the interview, how, how eerie is that? I don't know if the word is eerie, but that he had an interview talking about being on probation and he sounded like a, a nice guy, like yeah, really trying to get it get together. Up. Yeah. So here's some numbers. There's 4.5 million people on parole and probation. Um, and it, you know, it can, as I've seen, and I know personally, it could make, you you know, your life a living hell. Right. You're living with somebody with it. You know somebody. Because they're really caught in this, like, it's a, it's like all these catch-22s, you know? Right. And a lot of times, and I've seen it, you know, just working in the judi- judicial system where mm-hmm. you could be sent back to prison even if you don't commit a crime. So, um, you know... I think you and I have already spoke about what we wanted to do, you right. know, our commitment. Right. Well, there is the Reform Alliance, uh, which is an organization that we are connected with, you know, TwistPod. And um, that's what I'm saying. We are connected. It was founded in 2019 by Meek Mill and Jay-Z. We know him as Sean Carter as well. And, um, you know, this is actually a movement after the whole free, you know, Meek Mill movement. I know, you know, about Meek Mill going to jail and, you know, it stemmed from him being on probation and him violating probation, something from when he was so young. And, you know, he's caught up in the system just as well, rapper or not, money or not. He was caught up in it. Um, and it was an unjust incarceration. So, you know, we look at this reform and how things need to change because a lot of our brothers are caught up in this web, as you would say, and this, you know, constant catch 22. So what we want to do is we want to reduce the number of people who are unjustly under the control of the criminal justice system um, and with the hyper focus on the probation and parole system. And I'm sure, you know, and I know so many of our brothers are, I would say, caught in this web. Yeah, absolutely. So and and what I like about um, the Reform Alliance, like there are some things that we want to focus on. We talk about parole and probation and why the system just does not work and some of the talking points. So um, I just wanted to go through them because I think they're important. And, you know, we have, it, look, the the whole criminal justice system, the whole world needs an overhaul. But if, you know, starting with what we can see and what, you know, what we can do. So one of the things that they talk about is, uh, changing the words because the words have power. You know, when we talk about parole and probation, you talk about supervision, change it to support. So that way you're not talking about uh, parole, probation. You're more talking about coaching and mentorship, which are some of the words that we never hear when you're talking about parole and probation. So by changing the language, that's one way. And as we know, mm-hmm. you can transform how people view themselves, even as being a part of the system. Mm-hmm. 
Um, another thing is limit the probation length. Um, what's suggested is that for misdemeanors, it's one year and for felonies, it's two years because studies have shown that the longer the sentence is, the more, does, uh, you know, it's more recidivism. They're going, reincarceration is almost definitely to be happen, happening. You know, I've heard of people who are on probation for 10 and 20 years. You're like, how, how is that effective? Right. What how said, do you get back to your life? I'm sorry. How do you get back to your life? It, it's almost inevitable that, you know, just trying to get back on track is going to get you right back in the system. Yeah. So they said that the best parole and probation intervention occurs within the first 10 to 18 months. That means mm -hmm. within that time period, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's when the new offenses occur. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to have it, it shouldn't, it really, your parole probation shouldn't stay, span more than two years. Mm -hmm. Um, because of those numbers. Another thing is the end jail for technical violations. This is a big issue. I mean, I've heard people being violated, women being violated for getting pregnant, mm -hmm. um, being violated for crossing jurisdictions, trying to get your kids from school in another jurisdiction. I mean, all kind of crazy stuff, which is technically they're not crimes, but they're, they can be violations and they can, I mean, I used to sit in court and I used to just see people getting violated, you know, VOP, so violations of parole hearings, and getting violated for some of the most petty, smallest mm -hmm. things, you know, uh, failure to tell your probation officer of an address change within like the 10 days or whatever, going to work, not going to work. I mean, it, it, it becomes really stupid. Like, what are we... You know, I understand that there are rules in place to protect the public, but what are we protecting the public from right. when we're sending somebody to jail because they went and picked up their kid in the next in the town over? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's ridiculous. Craziness. And they, there's data that shows that technical violations cost uh, cost the country nearly three billion dollars. Because remember, you got to have the um, you got to have law enforcement involved. You've got to have the, the counselors involved. You got to have all the, you know, the, the, uh, the probation officers, all of this extra man work mm -hmm. that doesn't even make any sense. So, you know, I looked at Ray Char Brooks and the words that he was saying, and it's like this, you can understand why he ran, why he didn't want to be sent back because, you know, even for something minor and, you know, on a, just a whole another level. And it's something that I want us to kind of delve into, which is, I don't want to call it slave, you know, the trauma of slavery or the remnants of slavery, but there, there has to be a conversation about that constant fear and that persistent level of trauma that black people, more so black men go through mm -hmm. every day just to exist. Just to um, exist. Just, just, it, it there, there has to be, cause I mean, I, it's, it's palpable. I can almost, I could feel it in, in that interview that Rayshard Brooks gave. You can just feel it. You know, it's like, I'm damned if I do, and I'm damned if I don't. Mm -hmm. That, how can you be at peace when you're constantly on, you know, on the lookout or in fear of, you know, something so small that could basically, you know, turn your world upside down after, right. you know, after. So, um, you know, Ending that jail for technical violations is a big thing. Another is allow remote remote reporting. You know, one of the things I think coronavirus has taught all of us is that a lot of us can do our work from home, you mm -hmm. know, including that level of supervision. They don't need to go in. You don't, you, what, what's the point of that? So I think a lot of it, manpower can be saved and a lot, you know, can be done by using the technology that we have. Um, yeah, I would another Right, yeah, right. Is um decrease the caseloads. I mean, I've known uh probation and parole officers to have hundreds of cases. How the hell do they carry how how the hell are they responsible for hundreds of people? Reduce the caseload, you know, by allowing probation officers to really focus on intervention for the ones that really need the support, you know, and tailor supervision for, you know, that uh segment of society. Not everybody needs this like over, not over this over policing that happens. Right. I mean, you figure you have caseloads and then on top of it, you're just, you have to check in and they want you to have, you know, in-person check-ins. So it's, it's just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a lot.
Mm-hmm. Um, another point they talk about is offer mentorship, mentorship, mm-hmm. which is when you talk about probation, you never hear about mentorship programs. You never hear about uh, life coaching or some of these things that these men and women need to be productive members in society. It's kind of just like, you know, you're out there, you are, and, and, and a lot of the rules that are set up are made for these uh, parolees and probation, you know, people on probation to stay away from society, you know, like you can't be in the room with this person. You can't be over here. You can't it. So a lot of it is what they, what they can't do. And, you know, which is completely counterproductive to putting these people back and making them successful members of society. Right. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Um, It seems as though there's more support when it comes to someone who would, uh, let's say, be an alcoholic when they have their sponsor to call, you know, and they get their chip right. and, you know, there's so much more support even in that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. So, um, you know, I would even suggest like, you know, more education counseling, job placement, you know, even get realtors to help with transitional housing and, um, you know, permanent housing, transportation assistance, mm-hmm which I've never heard about parenting classes, um, financial literacy. And that, you know, that goes not even just for parole and probation, but like for everybody, um, trauma workshops, which is again, you know, a talk, a a point that I really want us to delve more into that, but that, you know, save that for another show. Mm -hmm. So, um, and another point is that, you know, reward good behavior. So, setting positive incentives, not just, you know, look, you, you know, you know, you want to stay on the straight and narrow because there are negative consequences associated with it, but actually putting, you know, something in it to award these men and women, you know, give them their freedom, give them their self-sufficiency for, you know, being and getting back into society and, and doing good and doing right, you know, because the system is not set up that way. It, 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 it really is set up for them to fail. Um, in my opinion is because there is a, there is a, a dollar component to it as well. Um, that's a whole nother show. Um, you know, there's reasons to keep, you know, there's reasons to keep the black man down. It's unfortunate, but, um, I would always say, you know, thank you for always breaking this down for us, for, for common folk like myself, you know, when it comes to all this legal jargon, um, you break it down so easily for me and everybody else to better understand exactly what a lot of this reform is about. And it just sounds very productive. I like it. I'm with it. And it's great that we're opening our eyes to these issues that are so uh, relevant to us as black people. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's so relevant and it's so necessary that the change needed is, you know, we have, I think we have the tools, um, and now we just have to use our power. Yeah. You know, um, I want to say a quote in his, in his, the final interview, which, um, Rayshard Brooks gave just in February of this year, he said, quote, we can't get the time back, but we could make up for it. A lot of things just cause me to be behind, but I'm trying, you know, I'm not the type of person to give up. And I will keep going until I make it to where I want to be. So really, you know, who knows where he could have gone and, you know, what he could have become with the right support system in place for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Another uh, fact is Washington Post did a poll and they revealed that nearly 70 percent of Americans believe that uh, George Floyd's death resulted from a systemic problem with policing, as opposed to 29 percent who believed it was just an isolated incident. Mm -hmm. So. To me, this is really an indication that our nation, this place that, you know, our ancestors built mm-hmm. this place for free, uh, we are really going through this like great awakening regarding racism, racial justice, equality. And there, so I'm, I'm really hopeful that this will also lead to, you know, transformation in the policing, in the prisons, in probation, all at the same time. That's yes. my, that's my hope. We, we can't get comfortable like we, we are like that's that's the one thing we, we have to keep yelling and screaming and marching and going like in no way, shape or form is, you know, um, any of this in vain. None of it is in vain. You know, we're educating each other. We're using social media. We're in different positions right now. You know, our ancestors, you know, died, you know, for us to be exactly where we're at today. So, you know, the fight must continue to go on. But look at how much education, look how much, you know, we have the ability to speak up, 
Um, granted, some of us are losing our lives for it. However, it's not like it used to be. So we cannot get comfortable. We have to keep pushing this envelope right now. Right. Exactly. Yes. We'll be here for it. All right. My fist is up. My fist is up, sister. My fist is up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got my Afro pick. I'm so not playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, moving on. Well, moving on. And because y'all know that we have no type of transition whatsoever. But we here, y'all. And you know what? This has been a long time coming. We've been... Literally, right? You've been on your demon time? <laughs> you gotta go with you. Honey, child. Oh, my goodness. I used to be scared like a what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Call me back. All right. So, we are now at the Weekend D Report, y'all. Weekend D. So, this question comes from one of our listeners. This is, well, this is interesting. It's more of a relationship question, but we love it. So, she says, uh, quote, I've been seeing, she puts it in quotes, this guy for a few months. He's weird about calling a dating, which is fine by me because I don't see a future with him. The sex is okay, but not great. And I feel like I'm mostly biding my time as he is until something better comes along. How do you know when to call it quits with a friend with benefits or whatever this is? Hmm. Shatara. Oh, why me? Oh, stressing me out. Listen, all my friends, all my friends who know me know that my key, like my, my key word for stuff like this is fuck him. <laughs> I'm very simple. I don't have many words for you. I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to waste the conversation. If you want, I can send it to you via text. Like if he's making you feel like he's biding his time too, and I'm giving you the cat, man, fuck you. Check this out. I'm about to be real abstinent and then be real tight and right. You know what I mean? For somebody else who at least, you know, doesn't make me feel that way. So I'm good. I'm good off of you. Like, don't worry about it. Like dicks come a dime a dozen. Like, don't worry about it. And I'm not saying that I got to be hoeing myself to figure it out, but I got a vibrator. I'm okay for now. Trust me. CVS and Target have nice little, um, nice toys. Uh, mm -mm, No. Um, but in the meantime, in between time, I would definitely say, um, chop it off right chop it off right there where the diabetes is you let that you you chop that oh yep you whatever that noise is you chop that off why because if you keep dragging it out it gets ugly and i'm i I learned the hard way whereas like now i like slide out and dude's like where you been at i'm like hey you know like how you been like everything's good why because i made it my point to make sure that i retired when i was at my grade you get what i mean like like, make sure it's good, you know, like, oh, man, I got the fuck up out of there. Yo, what happened? Where you at? You know, like, yeah, you know, everything's good. And then I have to, like, sometimes you got to let a dude know, like, let's be real here. Like, you know, if I'm really looking for for the it factor, do we really have that chemistry? Put a dude on the spot and he'll let you know, like, am I really what you're looking for? You know, and then you can be honest, put on the table and be like, okay, so what are we just going to keep fucking until you meet somebody? Then you're going to stop calling me because I can feel the vibe, you know, like, why wait for it to get? you know, sticky, so to speak. So I think you just have to slide out when it's like on the up and up between you and a person. That's the best time to slide on out when it's on the, you don't have to ghost, but you just, you're not available anymore. That's it. You're just not available for, for sleeping together. Play them out a little bit. You know, you want to get together. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to meet for, I don't know, slushies maybe. I mean, play a dude out. Like you don't have to let him know that the cat is always available. You get what I mean? Like, no. And then he'll, he'll dwindle off anyway. Watch. That's how they do. So don't worry about it. And then you'll meet somebody. Summertime is coming, girl. Don't worry. Quarantine and all. Summer's coming. It's summertime. When we fell in love, it was the summertime. With the ghost face remix. <laughs> so I, you know, here's here's my thing. I mean, I, and I always say this. People ask us for advice, and it's like they give their own advice. They just need us to say it. Because she already said everything. She already checked all the, all the boxes. She said, you know, she's she's kind of seeing them. He doesn't want to call a date in, which to me is like, okay, there's another sign of immaturity because, you know, the situationship is a relationship, y'all, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's already said she doesn't see a future with him. And, you know, we're the first ones to see whether, you know, this nigga going to put, he going to put it, put in the work, I'm going to put the work in or not. You, we already know that from the door. So if she's saying, look, 
he looked good. Sex is okay, but it's not great. Okay, well, girl, bye. Then, like she said, I'm just biding my time, and he probably is too, just like you already said it. So, yeah. and she, but she said, until something better comes along. So, girl, make sure that you keep your you keep your calendar open. Mm-hmm. I mean, have fun. She's 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 biding her time, and 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 you really got to be clear. I mean, there are some. I know there are some women who can't do this. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't do the juggle, and it's not for everybody. And you got to be in the right headspace for it because. It's eventually either it's just gonna be you're gonna be ghosted, you're gonna get ghosted, he gonna ghost you, or right. you're gonna catch feelings. Somebody's gonna catch feelings. That's it's, what I mean. Stick it's gonna be one or the other. So it's 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 good for a short time, not a long time. You, mm-hmm. I'm there for a good time, not a long time. So she's already said it. Mm-hmm. Do she, does she necessarily have to call it quits? I'm probably not. I mean, I hear what you're saying, like you know, fuck him, girl, fuck him. But yeah. Unless something better comes along. Now, there's another train of thought that says, you know, you want to have like, you want to have space. You want to make space for that person that you want better to come along. And you can't do that if you over here, you know, don't be wearing clean clothes when you, when you, when you got laundry to do. Like, don't be, don't be over here just going going back in your laundry. Get you some clean clothes. So. Oh, that was a real, a real, uh, you heard that. That was a real Nana dropping gems right there. Yeah, like you got laundry to do. Yeah, you got you got laundry to do. So over here, trying to act like you got clean clothes. So I would just kind of tell her, you know, does she necessarily have to call it quits? Well, it depends on what she wants and what and has that better come along if she has someone or if she's of the mind state like, look, I want better. So let me just, you know, like the vibrator's cool. I'm I'm all for the vibrator game. If you know you. You're doing your demon time, whatever, whatever it takes for you to get this one out your system. And it looks like it'll be, you know, easy. You can shake him off real quick because it ain't even like, you know, you ain't even digmatized, girl. You, or, or, or keep you him around. Like, Put him in a cabinet. Right. No, right. She's saying he's all right, but he's not real. Put him in a cabinet. You know, I just see him every now and then, you know, like if you're opening up your calendar for dating, you know, like she said, for something better to come along, do you want your it factor? Are you like, I want my husband, I'm ready to get married. Or are you still like, eh, I'm still out here dating. Like I'm having a good time. Well then put him in the cabinet, you know, and cabinets have about nine sometimes, nine, 10. That's okay. And I'm, yeah, that's about it. Put him in a cabinet. You know, that that's how I would do it. You know, this one is good for this. This one's good for that. This was a little conversation and everything isn't always about giving it up either because you got to remember when we give it up, you're giving a piece of yourself. That's one thing. Like, I think sometimes as women, and again, I'm just getting better with time. So I don't need nobody DMing me talking no shit about my past. But <laughs> okay, remember that time? Shut up. What I'm saying is, you know, over time, you have to kind of look at it and be like, you know, I'm not saying you got to say like, oh, my body's my temple. But in reality, you're giving a piece of yourself up. So if it's nonchalance for him, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm just seeing her. Um, trust and believe that is the energy that you're giving of yourself. So. I, I honestly feel like if you know that you want to be with your your special somebody, then hold off on that. But if you're just looking for somebody better to come along, then you can have a lot of betters to come along. You get what I mean? Like open up yeah. your collection. Yeah. I mean, I think she's kind of set the stage and, you know, cause you know, like sometimes you're in these, in these friends with benefits relationships and then it kind of gets relationshipy. It's like messy, like, uh, uh-huh, but we're not, you know, we're not that. Let me tell you. Okay, doing that stuff. Like, Somebody it doesn't even sound like she's there. Like, it honestly, it just sounds like sex, and the sex is okay. Like, it's it's okay. I mean, it could be seasonal. I had this one time. Oh, here I go telling my business. I had this one winter time. Let me tell you, me and Drew got snowed in together. It was the. It was just. It was. It was the best. Like you know, I, I can't get to work. You know, our cars are stuck. We had a great couple weekends, and. I just had to slide out after that. Like, you know what? Let me, this is, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me, let me get up out of here. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. mm, before it gets, it's ugly and nasty. You know, it's one of those like, mm-hmm, this, this is good, but the connection level and the future level may not really be there. So let me slide out. So that way, when I see you in public and it's not an ugly, you know, it's, there's nothing that ugly. So mature of you. Oh my God. I surprise myself sometimes. <laughs> let me tell you something. You wasn't hiding in the bushes? Girl, I, I, I surprised myself. I really, that's, I, I learned, I, I, I learned that good, good dick does come. It's, it's something, mm-hmm. it, it, it will come back. You know what I mean? It's like when they say, let it go, it'll come back. Right. Yeah. You ever have some good dick and it comes back to you like years later? Like, I don't, yep. I don't know. I remember this. What did I do? 
<laughs> Go ahead, ho. Stay in line, ho. Yeah, I mean, it'll come back. If it's yours, it'll come back. But, you know, oh, please. Uh, that's all right. It's okay. If you want the deeper connection, it's worth holding out on. That's all. Yeah, so so she should call it quits with her mm. FWB. Mm, I think that she should call it um, a percentage. He just shouldn't get 100%. He should be an egg in the basket, not all your eggs in the basket. Yeah, I think she's pretty much, she set that up. Like, yeah. when better comes along, then you can jump ship. You know, you have that, you can have that conversation. You could just ghost them. But I, I think, I think they already set what the unspoken rules are. Like, you know what the rules are. And they might be friends. I don't, she didn't even say, but, you know, they might actually be friends. And, and I, you know, you might be able to salvage a friendship out of this still. You know, I mean, it's cool. That's like, what, put them in a cabinet. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, put him in a cabinet. But, you know, but that's, I'm trying to tell you, sex makes things so sticky sometimes. It's just like, you know, just forget it. Don't even bother, you know? But, um, mm-hmm. you have a, mm-hmm. go, ahead, go for it. I'm here. What you say now, huh? What? Hot job or what? No, you have, you ever had that, that devil dick be like, man, I can't go back. I'm going to have to jump out the window or something. <laughs> I just, let me just, let me tie myself up to the bed because I cannot. Mm-hmm. Let me like you just you you know it in your knower. Yep, and, and, and you know it in your knower. Like I know mm-hmm. that this is not good for me. Oh, as good yeah. as it is good for me, mm-hmm. it's not good for me. Yeah, yeah. You want to? How, how do you take your coffee? Why? Because I just want to make your coffee. Because I want you to be up. <laughs> like that ain't never good. Uh, yeah, yeah. You just but but that that is the worst. If that same devil dick is making you feel like he's buying his time with you. And he's also looking for something better. Yeah. And you so, arching yeah. your back. Oh, and I'm arching my back. Oh, <laughs> I'm pointing my toes and arching my back. Ooh. And I'm feeling like your phone's about to ring and you got some rose you got to be. Girl, I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. I can't even see. <laughs> Wait, have you ever? I know you have. Have you ever like double booked? Be like, man, this is not my last stop of the night. Yeah, but I want to make sure that everybody gets taken care of. You just, I got, I got somewhere else I gotta be. It's getting late. It's getting late. Why you got to leave? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. I got some more cocktails to get. <laughs> sure, sure. Or, or sometimes it'd be so good that you have to cancel somebody. And that's how you know. It's like the winner. Like, who's going to win tonight? Who's going to win tonight? Oh, Somebody's going to get voicemail. Somebody's going to get the voicemail tonight. Who's going to win tonight? You know what? They're telling my business. Stop. Just stop right now. Stop it. All right. I hope, I hope we gave her some good, good advice. I hope so. We're telling some good stories. Thanks, girl, for coming to the campfire. Anyway, moving s'mores. on. More s'mores. <laughs> OG, OG Kush, OG Kush diet for you. All right, so we're, we're at the uh, the jam. Yo, that's, my jam. Jam. That's, that's my jam. jam. That's, that's my jam. That's my jam. Okay, so that's my jam. This is this is my jam. I'm gonna take you back. You know, the temperature of the world today just has me going back to like my good times, and I'm just thinking like, oh, I remember the time. And right now, my jam is Can't Knock the Hustle featuring Mary J. Blige, Jay-Z, off of the Reasonable Doubt album, 1996. Now, we all know Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, Mr. Marcy, rapper, songwriter, record executive, entrepreneur, businessman, record producer, worth $1 billion, Beyonce's husband, Blue Ivy daddy, Rumi and Sir's daddy, Rock Nation. <laughs> I can go on and on and on. I mean, gosh, you know. Um, this song was by Rockefeller Records, you know, put the rock up and priority records and they sampled um melissa morgan's fool's paradise and marcus miller's uh, 1983 song titled much too much and they put that together and they had a hell of a song and you know when he says y'all niggas lunch and punching the clock it's just jay-z had crazy flow and when people say like you know who's your favorite rapper it's like I can say Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. Like, Jay is my top. Jay is, like, my top. And he has such a sick flow. And, you know, like you said, I got expensive, you know, hoes with extensive, and I sip fine wines, but y'all know. I mean, I can go on and on and on. He got some good shit. Ah. 
know the time like Movado, Mamado, stack rocks like Colorado. Mmm. So I just want to make sure the song, this came out in 1996. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Keep your mask because I'm. We get together like a choir to acquire what we desire. Mm-hmm. 24 years ago? Oh my gosh. This whole adult walking around. <laughs> they were not born when this song came when this out. This song came out, and this was like, this is the original Jay Z. Like, this this whole album, I just remember. I was in high school. I remember this. And it was Nas came out with It Was Written, Biggie came out. Uh, Life After Death and then this Jay-Z was out and those were like the three oh my gosh New York City was so out of control thank you for that fake ID sis thank you Mm -hmm. appreciate you (laughs) oh Oh. you mean that Chinatown special that shit looks so fake no 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 No. that got me in but when I was able to use your license quite a few times because we looked back to life won't he do it won't he do it you better go ahead I I looked at people with confidence like what (laughs) I just turned 21 you better go there when's your birthday I was like what oh okay oh look oh okay you better go ahead with my 16 year old self up in the club sure good times Good times. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Man, bowl. When you learn how to hold your liquor, you learn how to hold your liquor. I, they already know. I, I, I learned I learned early. Okay, I can walk the straight line. What be what you want? <laughs> oh, man. Enough That's about me. Good. Reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. I am going to play it when we get, when we, when we get on the side. Oh, that's good. All right, y'all. We are now at the support black business segment of the show. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities by supporting products and services made boo-boo for us by us. So this week, I want to highlight BOH. It's called Black Owned and Hiring. It's an internet company, and it's also a job listing website, but it showcases the percentage of Black executive leadership at a corporation. So it's kind of like the glass door, but for Black for uh, black executives in business. So you really get to fully understand the culture of the company that you're applying to. I mean, this is the tool. This is the next wave, and we need something like this. So go to www.blackownedandhiring.com, get jobs get listings, understand who the black people are in leadership at these corporations, understand what's going on, what's the culture of these corporations. We're going to need this information. So definitely, definitely a tool in our toolbox. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Well, we've come to the end. I want to know. I want to know. Is this the end? Yes. So you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast with the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, YouTube, and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TwizPod. And also watch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV or in the Island TV app. And Shatara, what else we want them to know? Oh, please, please be part of the conversation. DM us. Talk to us. Send us an email at that's what I'm saying podcast at gmail.com. And we thank you all for listening, liking, sharing, and subscribing. Until next time, stay healthy, y'all. Sharing, subscribing. I'm sorry. (laughs) Shap, shap, shap. All right, love. We love y'all. Thank you so much. Till next time. Peace. Good times, good times.